Hey you guys, this is your trigger warning. If you're hearing this, this episode is going to cover some really difficult topics. So you've been warned. If you don't want to hear about these things, feel free to skip or listen to something else or um, go watch a documentary. It's always good for you. Also, what should I say in a trigger warning message? Someone like email me and be like, hey, here's a script for your trigger warning message because I really have no idea. Just know that this episode has some stuff in it that might make you kind of queasy, might give you some reminders of your own issues. I don't know. Anyways, carry on. I did not write an outline for the second episode because I felt like I sounded really dumb when I was editing. Really dumb. I know that like everyone hates their own voices, but it was so not what I wanted to do, not what I had in mind for this. I also wasn't prepared to just talk on my own because my whole idea revolved around like getting other people that have been through like some type of traumatic experience in their childhood and have an open conversation about how we're all handling life now and trying to find our own sense of normalcy. And obviously I'm not going to get any emails right away. So here I am. It also occurs to me that I should probably tell everyone about myself before I expect people to just come and open up to me. You don't know who I am. You don't know where I'm from. You don't know what I look like. You don't even know my real name, which is so nice because that means that I can be pretty honest. Not that I'm anyone important. I'm not like famous or anything. It'd be really cool to get some famous people on here, but um, just to keep some people away that I don't really want to come back. I got another text message from my mom today. Some screenshot of some stupid, don't let your kids do this, pass it on, social media is the devil, this website is stealing your child's brain cells and sending them to China. I really want to get a no contact order. I keep waiting for her to just like give up. I don't want to go to that kind of extreme, you know, like why can't she just leave me alone? She's got everything she's ever wanted. I was the last thing she wanted in her life and... I'm gone now, so go. <laughs> go be happy. This is what you were wanting your whole life. So about me. Well, I don't remember a lot from when I was little. I can say that I didn't really understand a lot of what was going on. You don't just know right from wrong in some instances. It, there's no like innate knowledge of how things are supposed to be. So it didn't occur to me that my childhood was anything other than normal until I was 11 or 12. And I still hadn't processed it. I still wasn't sure about like what thoughts, what words to use, you know? I remember it was like the first day of school and we lived right across the street from the school. Like everyone knew where I lived, you know? because it was right there. I had gotten home, and I don't remember what I did wrong. It was the first day of sixth grade. How old are you in sixth grade? 11, 12? I remember it was sixth grade because sixth grade is the year that I destroyed the family. 
I got home from school and I remember it was so warm. All the windows were open and like the front door was open. We had like this old wooden screen door, this dark wood. And I went inside and I got in trouble for something. And I have no idea. I don't remember what I did. I had forgotten to do something or I'd left something out. But I remember that it was right after school and I remember that people were still walking home. I could see everyone and hear everyone still. And it was just me and my stepdad that were home from what I remember. I don't know where anyone else was. You know, I don't know where anyone else was for most of my childhood. I think everyone moved in with my grandma except for me. But anyways, so we were in the living room and I got in trouble and he pulled my pants down around my ankles and smacked my ass so many fucking times. I remember being so mad. Not mad that I was in sixth grade and my stepdad was still smacking my bare ass, but mad that all the curtains and the windows had been open the entire time. I was mad that it was possible that some of my classmates had seen it happen. That was like the thing in my brain. That was the big bells and whistles for me. And it's weird that it took that long and that it had to be that action. Like it had to be an action that someone saw or that like people from school could see. Because there were so many other things that happened before that. I'm pretty sure that in the early 90s, like, you could still... No, it wasn't the early 90s. It was after 2000. Fucking how old am I? How old was I in 6th grade? What year was it? It was right before 9-11, because 9-11 happened when I was in 7th grade. Anyways, so, like, was it culturally acceptable to, like, smack your child's bare ass when they got in trouble at, the, at around that time? Like, I don't know. I remember being so upset about it. And I wasn't his child. I mean, he was my stepdad. But my main concern was just that other people were going to see and hear it happen because it was right after my first day of sixth grade. Anyways, so I went upstairs and I was mad and I was crying. And, um, you know, when little kids are little and uh, they get upset and when little kids are little, uh, they get upset and like their their eyes get all full of tears, but like they won't let any fall and like they're they get all puffed up and they have fists and their face gets all red and they just bite their lip. You know, it was that. That's what was happening to me. And I went upstairs and I hid in my room and I wrote something. And I don't even remember what I wrote, but I, I wrote something about how pissed off I was about what had been going on and how I was going to go tell the principal because what was happening to me was not okay. And I didn't even know what those kinds of words meant. I just knew that I felt like it was wrong for him to do that so out in public. That was that was where my mind was. It wasn't that the act was wrong. It was that the other children were going to see me going through that act because I didn't know. Apparently, he found what I had written and he got real scared because he probably remembers a hell of a lot more than I do about my childhood. And uh, he turned himself in. When I looked it up online, um, I saw that he had served three months in jail. And I do know that after that, he had moved away to live with his parents because obviously he couldn't move back into the home. Mom just told everyone he was going away for a little while. She didn't give specifics. But his parents owned the house we lived in. And I remember those three months, my mom was so good. I don't remember every detail of it, but I just remember that she was there we watched movies together. She actually cooked dinner a couple times, which she cannot cook. 
I just remember the beginning of sixth grade was really nice. And then he got out of jail. And all of a sudden, all of the repairs that needed to be done to the house needed to be done right away. The house I grew up in was huge, but most of it was like closed off because they didn't want to fix anything. There was an upstairs bathroom that I don't remember ever actually functioning at all. I slept in one room upstairs and the rest of the upstairs was closed off. So like my room was freezing cold. My sisters had a room, but like they lived at grandma and grandpa's and my brother, I don't even remember my brother getting a bedroom. They all just got to move in with grandma and grandpa as soon as they wanted. I am getting so off track. So when he got out of jail, they decided they were going to start doing the repairs on the house, but he wasn't allowed around me, obviously. So every single weekend, I had to go to my grandma's if I wasn't going to my dad's or I had to find somewhere else to go. I was not allowed to stay in my own home on the weekends for my entire sixth grade year. And then before sixth grade was even over, she decided she had to be with him. So she up and moved me and my little brother hours away. Um, but she threw us in her van and then like late at night and she was like, guess what? We're moving. And that was it. And we went up to my step grandparents house and spent the night there. And she was showing me ads for apartments and she was telling me about how great it was going to be up there. And my mom's family was pissed. I remember some yelling and fighting. And then my mom let my grandma keep me and my little brother so that we could finish out the school year because it was spring break of sixth grade when she decided we were going to move so that she could be with him again. So I got to finish out the school year living at my grandma's, which she's a hoarder. So that was interesting. I slept on a couch for the remainder of my sixth grade year. Uh, my stuff was boxed up for me. That was when my dad decided that he was done and he took my mom to court to get custody of me. I think that's when they started going to court. I don't actually know the details of that because, you know, I was little. I suppose I could ask my dad now, but I mean, there's no point to it now. They went to court. I was living with my mom and my brother in this little itty bitty apartment in the suburbs. She could only afford a two-bedroom apartment, so she took our dressers and made it so that the main bedroom was two separate rooms for me and my brother. And I still didn't have any of my things, and I went to seventh grade like that. I remember just being so fucking quiet, such a shut-in. I didn't know anyone. And it was the suburbs. So, like, if you didn't have a friend by seventh grade, no one noticed that you didn't have a friend. You're on your own. Totally unrelated somewhat interesting politically though um my best friend at the beginning of seventh grade was this quiet mousy adorable little muslim girl and i remember i used to help make sure her hair was covered at pe and she was the only person i had in the entire world and i didn't tell her about the things that happened to me but every time i talked to her like it was just so calm like she was so good and so quiet that it was just really nice to have someone around that noticed me and it didn't treat me like a freak. And like I already said, um, that was the year that 9-11 happened. So when that happened, I didn't know anything politically or about world events or anything. I mean, who is paying attention to the world when your own world is just caving in on itself constantly? And then all of a sudden, no one was sitting with us at lunch. It was a huge packed school. But then her and I had like an entire table to ourselves when there's no room anywhere else. I was lucky if I even got a seat most days before then. 
and one day I asked her, I was just like, hey, how come, like, where is everyone? What's going on? And she said that no one would sit with us at lunch because they all thought that her father had to do with the plane crashes. And I was like, oh, well, did he? Because <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know any better. Like, did your dad help crash some planes? Like, what? And she was like, no, he's a dentist. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, well, that's dumb. And I just went on eating my lunch and that was it. I don't remember the last time I saw her, but shortly after that, they pulled her from the school. Shortly after that, I went to live with my dad, which was for the best, but was also extremely traumatic. I was in court-ordered therapy for a couple of years, but I never talked to her. I thought she was so dumb. It was one of those therapists that like sat in one of those giant chairs with a steno pad and just looked down her nose and was like, how do you feel? What's been going on? What's on your mind? Did she really think that I wanted to talk to her about any of my problems? At that point, I'd created all my own problems. That was how I viewed it for, you know, still on my bad days. That's how I view it. I mean, I go through everything and I recognize that like, yeah, you know, maybe I shouldn't have cried in the middle of the night while my mom and my stepdad were having sex. Maybe I should have just kept quiet. But you know, when you're two, two and a half, still sleeping in a crib that you don't fit in and you just need to pee, like, no, how old was I? You know, I don't remember my age for most of the things. I usually go by like what grade I was in in school. So before I started school, like, they're just my baby years. I do remember peeing in that crib because she was not allowed to stop what she was doing until he was finished. And I couldn't hold it. I felt so much shame. I was so proud of my big girl underpants. And I hate that that's my first memory. I hate that these are the only memories that I really have. And sometimes, like, I feel like maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I made all of it up. I mean, maybe that event never happened. Like, I just have some disorder where I just make up memories. I mean, that's a thing. Some people have that. That could be me. And then everything would be fine, and I can just go back to my family, and anytime I feel like that, I just get back on the registry, and I look them up just to remember that it really happened. I don't do that very often anymore. It's not very good for my psyche. I also feel like other people have had it worse than me, so why is that such a big deal to me? I mean, I only had to do things that involved my mom and my stepdad. I don't think that anyone else was ever involved, although I don't really remember. Like, I remember this one time we were in a hotel room, and I have no idea why I was the only child in this hotel room, and I think there was only one or two of my mom's friends. I remember this lady that came around sometimes that had really short hair and glasses. She was the weirdest looking lady. Because, <laughs> you know, back then, like, masculine females weren't normal. But I remember the hot tub. It was so fucking hot. Mom filled it up with straight hot water, which hot water in a hotel, they don't have the thermostat set low enough to keep you from burning off your skin. 
and I cried and I told her it was too hot and I begged to get out. I remember um, they said that they had forgotten to pack swim a swimsuit for me, so I was dressed in my underwear. I don't remember how old I was, but I remember crying and asking to please get out of the hot tub. So then she added some cold water. And then I remember my stepdad got in the hot tub and he immediately jumped back out and was like, Jesus, this is too hot. What the fuck are you trying to do? And my skin was scalding red and I was just had tears because she wouldn't let me out and my skin was just burning. And that was after she had cooled it down. He said it was too hot for him still. So then eventually she cools it down enough that they can all get in. And by then I can't feel anything. So I'm just sitting there. My cat's here now. Hi, Charlotte. So I'm just sitting there, and my stepdad apologized to me for how hot the water was and for not believing that I was burning. And then my mom took one of the, you know, in the hotels, like they have like the itchy comforters, you know, like the skinny, and like one side is like super smooth, the other side's just like scratchy, like it's just gonna finish scraping off the rest of my skin. She took one of those and she's like, well, we don't have a towel for you. So here. And she wrapped me up in that and threw me onto the bed in front of the air conditioner that she'd had blasting. So I'm going from like scolding hot water to blasting frigid cold air in this like completely useless, scratchy, super thin comforter that isn't going to dry me off because like there's no absorbent textile base to those comforters you know like I'm still sopping wet under there and I just curled up in a ball and I just kept as quiet as possible and it was so cold and I don't know where anyone else was I don't know anything else that happened that night. I just remember how hot that was and how cold it was. My memory thing bothers me sometimes because, like, because I want to remember good times, you know? Like, I want to remember things that made me happy when I was a kid, but I don't. I remember some of the weekends with my dad because I would spend the night at my grandma's house because he had to work third shift and she ran a daycare so like there was always so many kids or at least my aunt and uncle were there and they're around my age so there was some semblance of normalcy when I went to my dad's and there was other children me and my uncle once dug a hole to China because my grandma was putting in a new clothesline so she needed us to dig a hole as deep as we possibly could and that was a lot of fun anyways so other things happened. I don't, I don't feel like talking about them right now. I'm sure that I'll get into them at some point, but I think this is good enough for now. I moved in with my dad. And I think that that's another reminder that all of these things actually happened because in the early 2000s, how easy was it for a single man to get the rights to his like 13 year old daughter over the course of like a few months? Cause I don't, I'm going to have to ask him when he took her to court. I remember going in one time. My mom always said that she was going to come back for me. Like she was going to take him back to court. She said that, um, I think like two or two or three years or something like that. And she'd be able to take him back to court to get me back. 
she was like, don't worry, sweetie. Here, here in a little while, I'll take you, I'll take your dad back to court. So I don't know where I was with that story, and obviously you missed the giant crash sound, but my daughter just came home, she's been at her dad's house, and she walked in, and like, it scared my cat, so she like jumped across me, and knocked a bunch of stuff down, and like, I whipped around, and like, the pop screen, and the uh, the microphone, and like, everything just came flying off the desk, but I don't remember what I was talking about, so that's gone now, where were we? I think I was getting into high school stuff, and I don't know if you can hear the ding of my messenger, but my messenger just dinged, so I think that's the outside world saying, hey, you're done talking about yourself. That's probably a good place then. And I still have to, I'm probably going to put trigger warnings on some of these, although I would like to have conversations that I don't have to put a trigger warning on, like, I know that we should all talk about what we went through, but... I want us to just talk about every day. Like, I want to tell you guys about school and work and the kids and my dating life. I have a dating life now. Oh my god, we got to get into that. I want to get to those points. So, there will be episodes that don't have trigger warnings. Um, I did want to talk about some of the more serious memories that I have, but I think... I think you have probably had enough of an earful from me today. So if you went through some really stupid things when you were a kid, kind of like I did, or maybe totally different from what I went through, I'd really like it if you came on and we had a conversation. Like I said, you can call yourself whatever you want. I just feel like it'd be really helpful maybe to like some of the younger people out there that don't know what they're supposed to do now because I know I didn't have any idea what I was supposed to do once everything was over. Maybe we could just talk about what we're doing and kind of try to figure it out. In case you haven't been informed, my email is stitchnormal at gmail.com. S-T-I-T-C-H normal at gmail get a hold of me and we'll just talk. Maybe have a couple phone calls. You don't have to give me your real name at any point. You don't have to tell me where you live. I just know that I'm not the only person that went through these things and going through life feeling like I am is it's exhausting. Trying to figure out how to be just how everyone else is. I hope you guys are doing good. I'm thinking about you. The song that you're about to hear is by a really amazing, sweet man. His name is Frank Watkinson. You can find him on YouTube. I believe he's been uploading his songs to Spotify. He is just a little retired, amazing old man that just happens to be really, really good at guitar and writing beautiful songs. And he is everybody's grandpa. If you want, go give him some money. He deserves it.
love me Don't say you love me when you don't I know you don't A thousand thoughts are running through my mind I keep looking for answers I won't find Just can't seem to get you out of my head Can't stop thinking about all those things you said And don't say that you'll change Don't say that you'll change Because you won't It's not who you are Don't try to blame me Don't try to say it was my fault When you know that it's not A thousand thoughts are going through my mind Looking for answers I know I won't find Just can't seem to get you out of my head I can't stop thinking about all those things you said So don't say you're sorry Don't say you're sorry because you're I know you're not